ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, October 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. Our text line is open this hour for you at 304-523-2275. We are where we usually would be on a Monday. We're here on a Wednesday. We're broadcasting from the Union Pub and Grill. Now, the specials change on a Wednesday. 7.30 p.m., $2 domestics, 9.30 p.m., $7, all you can drink. So those are the Wednesday specials. And, of course, tonight's a great night to get down here for the Wednesday specials because you've got, if you're into the WNBA, you got WNBA action coming up tonight. You've got the World Cup qualifiers continuing. Team USA taking on Costa Rica. We'll get into that later on. Also, we got NHL action happening tonight. No baseball, but plenty of hockey action. And of course, you can watch all of that here at the Union Pub and Grill. Speaking of why we don't have baseball, well, we don't have baseball tonight because everybody is almost done. The Astros are off to their fifth straight ALCS. They got a 10-1 Game 4 win over the White Sox. Houston's five straight LCS appearances are tied with the 1971 through 1975 athletics teams for second longest streak in MLB history, trailing the 1991 to 1999 Braves. Eight straight. They didn't have a postseason in 1994. Also, just a fun note for all of my Braves friends out there, in the 90s, you made all those appearances, you had the same amount of championships as the Cincinnati Reds. One. So, just want to put that in perspective. Bam. I got a lot of Braves fans and as friends, and, and they're, they're happy. The Braves are happy. They are going back. First time that they have reached the uh, LCS in consecutive seasons since the 1990s run. So, second straight appearances, they're feeling pretty good. So lots of baseball action coming up. We'll have that action for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Last night was a great night if you're a hockey fan as well. I was listening to baseball on the radio, and I was watching ESPN, the return of the NHL on ESPN, 17 years plus, and it felt good to have the mothership, the worldwide leader, doing hockey games again. And overall, I was really impressed with what they did. Now, the games were entertaining. Maybe the Kraken game with the Vegas Golden Knights was the more entertaining of the two. But Pittsburgh jumps out to a 3-0 lead yesterday, and they get a 6-2 win. That third period was really fun because Tampa Bay celebrating their Stanley Cup win in front of the home fans, and usually if you're raising the banner, opening night, you're raising the banner, you don't lose. It's very rare that that happens, but Pittsburgh just made them look silly out there for a while. So Penguins get the victory, breaking Tampa Bay's seven-game win streak in season openers. Tampa Bay was really good in opening up the season. Prior to the loss yesterday, the Lightning's last season opening loss was October 3rd, 2013 that was at Boston against the Bruins now this was Pittsburgh's first season opening win since 2018 and their first in regulation since 2014 
and it was a huge goal differential for I'll give Tampa credit. Pulling the goaltender earlier tried to make something happen, and they got a couple of goals past Jari, but it wasn't enough as you have an open net there for a long period of time. Pittsburgh just took advantage of it, and the Penguins tied their third largest win in a season opener in franchise history. It was their largest since a 4-0 season opener against the Flyers back in 2006. So if you're a Penguins fan, it was a good night for you last night. Now, I'm sure a lot of you were watching if you were interested in what NHL looked like on ESPN. Casual fan, maybe. Yeah, was probably flipping back and forth, watching a little baseball, watching a little hockey. Diehard baseball fans, I know where you were at. Diehard hockey fans, you know where I and you know where a lot of us were. The Kraken, their first NHL regular season game. And they get down early, but they really rallied back. They almost overcame a three-goal deficit in their first ever regular season game. But you can't uh, really go into the fortress and think you're going to win against the Golden Knights. Uh, it's very hard to do that. So Vegas gets the win, and the Kraken, I think, show that they're going to be a competitive team. They're not going to be a team that's going to lose all their games. I think some of the pundits are thinking they're going to be in the playoffs, maybe. Maybe with this team. They look they look good for stretches. And at some point, I was sitting there thinking they could probably do this. They could pull this off. Now, First game ever as a team, a regular season game, a lot of energy, I'm sure. I'd like to see what this team looks like here in the next few weeks. So that was fun. I was excited. And we've got a lot of hockey coming up tonight. Now, we'll talk about what it looked like on ESPN here in a minute. But tonight's TNT's turn. Two games, doubleheader. And it starts, their pregame's going to be at 7 o'clock. And we'll talk about that later because they're going to have a special appearance by a non- Hockey guy, but he kind of is a hockey guy. The Rangers will take on the Capitals. That is coming up tonight, 7.30 p.m. That should be a fun game. Rangers fans don't like Capital fans. The Rangers don't like the Capitals. The Capitals don't like the Rangers. It's going to be fun tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not thinking this is going to be a a brutal fight every few minutes, but it's going to be some tough, hard-hitting hockey. I'm looking forward to this one. And then Chicago's taking on Colorado tonight in the nightcap at 10 o'clock. That will be a fun one as well. Colorado, a contender for the Stanley Cup. I think the Rangers are going to get them to playoffs this year. I like where they're going. We'll see. But that's not all. There are several games tonight that you might not get to watch unless you had a center ice package. Well, that's all moved to ESPN Plus now. So all the out-of-market games, and there will be some restrictions. You won't get every single one, but over 1,000 games. So Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Anaheim. Maybe these are going to appeal to more of just a a hockey fan, a purist maybe, someone who will watch a couple Canadian teams. But I like what the NHL is doing with ESPN, and I can't wait to see what happens on TNT tonight. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. I'm excited for their studio show for sure. Wayne Gretzky is going to be there, the great one himself. I mean, and it's funny. ESPN yesterday on their studio show, you got Mark Messier. I mean, Mark Messier is one of the all-time greats, the captain himself. Barry Melrose, and of course, you know, all of the hockey people that have been holding the the torch high for the return of the NHL to ESPN. Linda Cohen, I think Steve Levy, 
What, I think he, what, he flew in from uh, the Monday night game. He just basically said he hopped from one game to another. And you see that ESPN's really trying some new things. The camera angles, there's some good and there's some not so good. Now, when they had the higher camera angles, they had the camera on the crane, the following along. I like that. I really did. It was reminiscent of if you toy around with the video game settings, let me say an edition of NHL, if you play it on your PlayStation, your Xbox, you can change the camera a little bit around. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that. There was like a broadcast presentation, you know, it, it follows along the action. And that was cool. Different angles. I like that. Um, they have a segment. It's sort of reminiscent of what you would have with NASCAR. When you rev it up, when you just go silent for a few minutes in the booth and you just hear the sights and sounds, you see the sights, you hear the sounds of the cars going by, you have some different camera angles. And I think that made some people nauseous. Yeah, really just, it was weird. We'll see. We'll see if that camera angle works, but it was basically, yeah, like if you're on center ice or if you're in the on, you know, in the you know, front row here, you're in the corners, some different camera angles. I don't know if that's going to work. I got to see more of it, but I thought their studio shows had energy. I thought the second game was really exciting. Again, again, you do a game in Vegas, it's going to be really exciting. So that's what's happening tonight in the NHL. And I thought ESPN did a really fantastic job. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do now that they've gotten their feet wet again and they maybe are knocking some of the ring rust off a little bit. Haven't been in the ring with the NHL in a long time. As I mentioned, WNBA Finals Game 2 coming up tonight. The Chicago Sky taking on the Phoenix Mercury. That's at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, Chicago leads that series one game to nothing. And then we've got World Cup qualifier action happening tonight as well. Third round from Columbus, Ohio. United States taking on Costa Rica, and that's coming up tonight on ESPN2. That's going to be a 6.30 match. So lots of action. And as I mentioned, you can watch it all right here at the Union Pub and Grill. So I'm going to fire up the text machine. Get your thoughts on anything that we've talked about. What did you think last night of baseball? Were you excited for the Braves? Can you not stand the Braves? I'm interested in seeing that. Uh, what did you think of hockey last night if you watched it? You can also find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Uh, when we continue, I want to talk conference realignment with you, the Thundering Herd. I don't know what's going to happen for the Thundering Herd. Marshall's in the situation where you've got the American and maybe the Sun Belt either going to cherry pick and decimate Conference USA or you're going to have the American try to decimate the Sun Belt. You're going to have the Sun Belt try to decimate the American, and then the Conference USA is going to get decimated again. What's going to happen? We'll talk about it because we have been for weeks wondering, well, what's Conference USA's play going to be? Conference USA right now, unfortunately, the weakest of the group of five leagues. The Mac's in a good spot. The Mountain West is in a good spot. Sun Belt feels real good about its spot. The American trying to still be power six. Those leagues feel good about where they're at, and Americans trying to retain its pecking order, trying to be the best of the rest. The Sun Belt's right there. The Mountain West is probably right there as well. Where does Conference USA end up? Well, we don't know. We haven't seen what they would planned until this week. So now conference league realignment, not just schools moving from one conference to another, 
just realign the whole thing here. I'll give Judy McLeod credit. It's something. Are the other leagues buying? Not so much. We'll talk about that when we continue. As I mentioned, your phone calls are welcome. 877-420-TALK. That's the White Claw phone line. And the text line is 304-523-2275. More coming up today, broadcasting live from the Union Pub and Grill. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill on a Wednesday, no less. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We had baseball on the radio Monday. We're supposed to have a multitude of games. We had a rain delay, postponement. Weather, that's okay. We're here on a Wednesday, and uh, we'll be back on Monday at our regular time, 5 to 6, Mondays from the Union Pub and Grill. But uh, glad to be with you on this Wednesday here at the Union. And, uh, again, if you come down to the Union, different specials every day. And if you come down later tonight, if you're going to maybe watch some some hockey action, you're going to watch some soccer action, you maybe want to watch some of the WNBA, the specials, of course, are here for you. $7, all you can drink, starting at 9.30 p.m. So you will enjoy all of the sports action here at the Union Pub and Grill. Our text line is open, 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275 to get your thoughts in on the program. We will also open up the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. So let's talk conference realignment, not just, okay, maybe UAB might go to a conference or maybe you can see a couple of teams cherry-picked. No, actually, we're looking at what Conference USA is throwing out there, and I'll give the league credit and I'll give Judy McLeod credit. It's something. I don't know if that is faint praise or that's a backhanded compliment. You take it as what you will, but it's something. It's a shot. She shot her shot. I'll give her that. Shot wasn't very good, but the shot was shot. And fundamentally, it might make sense if you could get everyone in the room and just say, look, what makes sense from a a geographical standpoint? What makes sense for our league? Are we more interested in athletics television dollars or are we trying to put together the full student experience because believe it or not there are other student athletes other than football players football players have got it best right they've they've got the best travel they've got the best facilities yeah some universities they have so much money that they they spread the wealth around and so other programs within those universities they have pretty good stuff as well and so it all comes down here, and you're trying to find as much money as you can to, to fund that, right, it, and to expand, build out facilities, be able to recruit, and just keep feeding this machine over and over and have a compelling product. If you're winning all the time, you're attractive. TV wants to show you because you're winning all the time, and people are coming to watch your games. You've got all of that going on, and right now, 
as the TV deals stand, Conference USA is not looking pretty good. Not looking pretty good compared to some of the other leagues. Now, it's not very stable right now is a fair way to describe everything because the Mountain West basically found the American wanting and uh, even though no official invitations were made, the Mountain West teams that were being targeted said thank you, but no thank you. And so now the American has to try to figure out what it wants to do to maintain its perceived status as a power of six and the, the best of the group of five. So this is where Conference USA comes in. Conference USA on Tuesday sends a letter to the American Athletic Conference and the commissioner, Mike Oresco. And in this letter, according to several media reports, it calls conference realignment and inflection point to reimagine a more regional, student-friendly, and sustainable model for our conferences. All right. Sounds good on, on paper, right? Sounds good on paper. And there hasn't been a formal response to Conference USA's reorganization plan. And early reports earlier today from Brett McMurphy among them say that uh, there's no interest, absolute no interest to do that. Why? Why would you do that? Because if you look at this proposal, it would require the conferences to start anew using geography, have different league names. So all of a sudden you would lose that Conference USA, that American branding. That would be gone. And instead, you'd have two new leagues that make sense, right? You'd have a Western League, SMU, North Texas, Rice, UTEP, Southern Miss, Tulane, Tulsa, Louisiana Tech, Wichita State. You'd have UAB, Memphis, and UTSA, right? Yeah, but your Western League. Would that make more sense for these schools? Geography, it would say yes. North Texas playing Rice and SMU and UTEP. I know UTEP's a bear to get to. But Southern Miss there, you throw Tulane in there, you throw Tulsa in there, Louisiana Tech's there. And then you look at the East Division. East Division would have Marshall. Marshall would be in the East Division. And then Marshall would be joined by East Carolina. You'd have Charlotte there. You'd have Old Dominion there. Temple, FAU, FIU, South Florida. So the three Florida schools would have a nice little thing going. I mean, if you're South Florida and you're playing FIU and FAU every year, I mean, would that be fun? Uh, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky would be together. And, of course, you know, Marshall's got a nice thing going with Western Kentucky. Got a good thing going with Middle. So you keep that. You hope that Charlotte's uh, a rivalry that can continue to grow. Marshall would get East Carolina back on the schedule on an annual basis. How exciting would that be? That would be fun. And if you're a Marshall fan, you can drive to all these places just about. Maybe you, you fly to the Florida schools. Maybe you take a long, long trip down. You can get to most of these places easily, right? I mean, East Carolina is an easy trip. Charlotte, all of these. You've got an easy way to do this. And, yeah, you would take a Florida trip if you're going football. You know, FAU would probably come to Huntington once a year and uh, FIU. And then may, maybe some years you'd have two Florida schools and then one on the road. Or you're basically in a league like this, you're going to be going to Florida twice. 
Who's complaining? Are you? Are you, you complaining about going to Florida twice? No, you're not. And so there's some options here. There's some potential here for this, you know, looking at this. But I don't think you're going to see anything like this. Uh, I mean, this would be an east-west split, and you would have two new, brand-new leagues. I'm sure there would be branding issues because you're trying to reintroduce your new leagues to the college landscape. And the Americans got its name brand. It likes where it's going right now. And the Americans coming at this at a at an advantage. The Americans could say, look, okay, that's that's all nice and good, but we already have a lot of these teams. And we like UAB. UAB is going somewhere. Just write that down right now. UAB is going somewhere. Possibly the American. UAB is going somewhere. And you could see the Sun Belt maybe come in and say, look. Yeah, we don't want to do anything like that either. We like our team. Hey, but we like a couple of your teams, so we got a better deal. Let's let's make a deal here. But I give the league credit. It's something. However, it's not enough. It's not enough for me. It's it's a nice gesture. It's really interesting what could happen if you get everybody together in a room. But at the end of the day, those who have will not give up what they have because the American, it would lose the most. Reorganization and how desirable would your product be? Because right now it's about television. It's not about student-athletes. It's not. It can't be. I mean, you say that and you strive to do everything you possibly can for the student-athlete. But at the end of the day, these things are not necessarily benefiting the student-athletes because you're taking them out of class. And I get where Commissioner McLeod is making that point. Look, you know, we're spending more time out of class making these far-flung trips and doing all this travel. You know, let's put up something that's more, I don't want to say fan-friendly, more student-friendly. And I get that. But at the end of the day, the Americans coming from a position of, we've already got a really good product here. We'll, we'll just add to it and... We'll be all right. Thanks for playing. And the Sun Belt might say, look, you know, we really like what we've got going on here right now. We're, we're a league that's growing. We made right decisions when Conference USA didn't. And look with us now. We're a better league than, than you. Well, that's the perception anyway. And so you might see some teams defect to the Sun Belt, and Conference USA could be a shell of itself, maybe picking up some 1AA teams that want to jump up. That could be a possibility as well because – if you look at this reorganization plan, I mean, maybe one of the plans would be to enhance the East Division with a couple of teams not in the mix. Bring a James Madison up, bring a Liberty in. You got to make some move. And I think the move is too little, too late right now because what can Conference USA do? Can Conference USA enhance the product? Is there a school that Conference USA can look at and say, look, you get in here with us, we can make it work, and we'll have we'll have a good go at this. We'll have a good go at this. Maybe Liberty a few years ago. Maybe if you invite Liberty into Conference USA a few years ago, that's a possibility. They've got resources. They're devoted to, to putting the resources into that program. They're going to be competitive for a long time. Maybe you need a team like Liberty. Or 
instead of the way you expanded years ago, looking at television markets, you looked at what school, which program enhances Conference USA? Where should Conference USA go to try to enhance what is happening here? And you were reaching for television markets. That's not going to work because the schools that are in these leagues aren't going to necessarily dominate the television market they're in. I mean, Southern Miss, hey, look, you want to control Hattiesburg, you got Southern Miss, and, and it's a good fan base. It's a good fan base. It really is. And so you, maybe you're looking for what enhances your league a little bit more than trying to find markets. You were trying to play the television package. Well, ESPN didn't find that interesting or compelling, and you saw what the television package looked like. And now Conference USA has got a collection of schools that maybe makes sense, maybe doesn't make sense, but it's not really moving the needle. There are some schools that move the needle. I think UAB is going to be moving the needle here. I think North Texas, despite what their football record is this season, I think North Texas is a football program, a program that could be attractive eventually. But UTSA, I mean, UTSA is looking really good right now as a potential moving up out of Conference USA program. And so maybe you're grabbing, maybe you're grabbing UTSA, you're, you're taking UAB, and what's that leave you with? And where's Marshall fall into this? That's another question. We haven't even talked about that. Where's Marshall fall into this? I mean, would Marshall be better off if the American is not viable trying to get into the Sun Belt? Because, again, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to have a problem seeing Marshall and Appalachian State yearly, Marshall, Georgia Southern, and some of the other programs in the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina. I'm not going to have a problem with that. I would enjoy that. Your mileage may vary, and that's where we give you the opportunity to make that voice heard. You can call us, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You can also join us using the text line, 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. we got more coming up. We're joining you today from the Union Pub and Grill. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Our phone line, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Texter writes, Marshall better attach itself to Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, and Liberty University ASAP. Also bring along Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. I like Charlotte, Old Dominion, and bring James Madison up. Market it as the new Southern Conference. And as part of your marketing strategy, say it's about regional rivalries instead of ESPN dollars. Okay, I kind of like that. I, actually, I like that. Uh, and uh, Texture also added, oh, left out Georgia Southern. Okay, yeah, Georgia Southern. Definitely got to have Georgia Southern. All right, uh, Texture writes, um, hey, Paul, this is Michael. Hey, Michael. Do you think all these changes, the herd will rejoin the MAC? No. I think Marshall wants to move up, and unless the television dollars are substantially better than what is currently on the table, uh, Marshall's looking upward. I'm not saying the MAC is downward, but I don't think the MAC is moving. MAC is the MAC is the MAC. It's a great league, but the MAC is the MAC. Yeah, you're looking for the Sun Belt. I think you're looking American Sun Belt. 
Um, or if Conference USA falls apart, then you look at the MAC and say, hey, we're sorry. Can we come back? All right, the phone line brought to you by White Claw, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We got Bill checking in. Go ahead, Bill. You're on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Yeah, um, I wonder why the initial letter was sent to the um, AAC, what the strategy is behind that rather than the Sun Belt or both of them. It would have been nice to heard the decision-making on, you know, how they made that move. Because uh, this letter was backed apparently by the uh, at least the majority of the PEP uh, presence in the CUSA. So That's I, a good point. I don't have any long comments. I was just, you know, it was kind of strange to me that they approached, they approached the AAC versus, you know, something that's kind of more our peers, which is the Sun Belt. It sounds like they have several plans, and this is one of them. I hope that they sent a letter to the, the Sun Belt. I would have thought they would have sent more than one letter at the same time and said, hey, let's all get into the room here and, and talk this over. But, yeah, that does sound a little strange that it was the Conference USA letter to the American that we found out about, and we don't know if they've been in contact with the Sun Belt because – if I'm the Sun Belt, you know, maybe I'm not interested in this either, but you know, if you're looking to do this and not include the Sun Belt, they're probably even more not interested now. I I don't know. Uh, it, again, it would be interesting. To, I mean, it would be really interesting to be a fly on the wall how that decision was made. Um, this is somewhere between groveling and, and a Hail Mary pass, basically. I mean, it's... it's the letter is, you know, has logic. There's nothing illogical about the letter itself. It's just, uh, you know, to me it looks like a desperation move. And, this is a phone um, call. I think this is a phone call, not a letter, not not stunting. This is a phone call. You you, you call okay. you call the American. I, no, yeah, I, I would think instead of sending a letter, you could call the conference and say, hey, look, any chance we could get together and talk and, uh, you know, see what, you know, what – the league would want to do without all of this stunting because doesn't this feel like a little PR campaign and stunting? It does in a sense, but then in one form or another, you have to approach the athletic directors and the presence of the institutions on both sides. So there may, there may be a need to put something, even if it's this letter right here in writing, the only thing I can think of. And, uh, I would think if there was a similar letter or similar, um, uh, a conference that that would come out publicly. But anyway, that's all I was wanting to comment on. Is I was just wondering what the you know what the strategy behind this hopefully opening salvo is. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, okay. I I'm with you because you're right. I, I scratch my head on a lot of decisions made in Conference USA. And if if you're trying to get everybody in, yeah, if you're trying to get everybody together, you know, I wouldn't play favorites. I wouldn't go to the American. Oh, well, the American's not interested. Hey, Sunbelt, you 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 want to come? You want to come play? Um Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it doesn't it doesn't get, look good and I, you know, it's kind of if you look at the last public service announcement that they had right here in Conference USA stronger together. I think that that's not true. <laughs> so anyway, it's no, it's, 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 it's not absolutely true. not true. Anyway, I'll let you go. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Um, you know what Conference USA is really good at? Uh, I think baseball. You know what Conference USA is really good at? Soccer. There's some good stuff there. Not all the teams are actually 
you know, primary members. But I think Conference USA is really good in some ways. But at the same time, uh, this is a league that a league that at one point was probably considered to be, if not the best, group of five, second best maybe. At one point, this was the best of the rest in the leagues. Better than the MAC, better than the Sun Belt, possibly better than the Mountain West, right? And the American came in and just wrecked it. Okay. All right. The American comes in, cherry picks it. Well, what do you do? How do you rebuild? Some questionable decisions, picking up markets instead of fan bases and what these schools bring to Conference USA. Where can you grow? Is Boone, North Carolina, the biggest television market out there? No. Is it a great football school? Yes. Are you getting a lot of interest because Appalachian State plays a good brand of football? Yes. Coastal Carolina. Is Coastal Carolina a television market? No. Seriously. Seriously. Coastal Carolina. Is that is that a – can you look at them and go, oh, yeah, their TV market is huge. No. It's not about that. It's not about TV markets. It's, it's about rivalries. It's about – you know, regional rivalries, especially. I love regional rivalries. I love playing schools that are close by because it's fun. That's the whole point of this. And it's about fan bases. It's about fan bases that travel. It's about fan bases that are all over the place. You don't have to have necessarily a fan base that dominates a television market because that's not where it's at. You know, what makes the Sun Belt more interesting than Conference USA right now? It's because of the football being played. That's what it is. It's, it's that. It's not that, okay, Coastal Carolina and Troy and Georgia Southern. Yeah, because Georgia Southern, I'm sure they really have a stranglehold on the television market. No, it's not about that. It's the fan bases. Because the television market is not the end-all, be-all. It's not the the true picture. You might not have the television market if you are Marshall. I mean, you have the Huntington Charleston DMA. You have that. But you might have a fan base that transcends that. And you have a fan base that travels. You have a fan base that is bringing you more than just the TV market. Or at least you hope, using Marshall as the example. That That was the big mistake there and so now you have UAB which is growing as a program and is about ready to be plucked you have UT San Antonio okay now we're talking TV market UT San Antonio UTSA but they're backing it up there are they're ascending and they're a program that has a lot of potential and could be cherry-picked soon Maybe that program's going to the American. Maybe, and, th- and that's the funny thing here is, okay, the American is going to see itself as the better conference, so it's going to go get the most attractive available to it replacements, the most attractive replacements. And maybe UAB's one of those replacements. Maybe there's a, a team in the Sun Belt that it wants to fill the void. Or maybe it decides, okay, we're just going to wreck this thing and we're going to grow. You want you want a supersized conference? Well, we're going to give it to you. And the American supersizes. 
and then maybe Marshall's got a spot here. And then you're in the supersize conference, and you can have division. You can have an east and west division, and you, you can work the crossover out that way and not have to worry about it. You stay in your divisions, possibly, and just have a couple of crossovers. And you decimate the Sun Belt, you decimate Conference USA. Whatever happens, Sun Belt should be able to weather this if the Sun Belt is proactive and starts making smart decisions. Conference USA, you send a letter out saying, hey, look, um, and you have no leverage. There is not a single ground that Conference USA can stand on that would give it an advantage in anything because all the Sun Belt and the American need to do is just say, look, we're, we're, we're expanding and we're raiding. So maybe you see Marshall in the Sun Belt. Maybe you see UAB in the American. Maybe you see... UTSA in the American. That's a possibility here because the only other thing you can do is uh, add a couple of teams. If you're Conference USA, you're, you're going to have to start looking, identifying, and you should have been doing this a long time ago, and you should be doing a better job of this. When a program like Liberty comes along, you should have grabbed Liberty and said, okay, we're going to bring them in. They bring resources, money. They've got a fan base. You bring that school in, and I'm okay with James Madison, actually. You elevate James Madison, I'm okay with that. Is that going to fix it all? No. But when their opportunities were there, especially with Liberty, I would have done that a lot sooner. Maybe you do that now. Maybe Liberty's like, no, we're looking ahead now. We're looking at the American. Maybe the American's looking or the Sun Belt is looking. I could go on about these mistakes. Just... Just to illustrate a point, here's the problem with Conference USA. You know, CBS does the sports bottom 25, right? It's the top 25 of the bottom dwellers. Coming in at number 10 is Southern Miss at 1 and 5. This is the bottom. You are number 10 in the bottom. Number 11 is FIU. Number 15 is Rice. Number 16 is North Texas. And number 18 is Old Dominion. The lower your number, the better you are in relation. So Old Dominion of this group is the best of these schools in relation to one another. Southern Miss is considered 10 to the bottom. So you're the 10th worst team in the top bottom. You see, see where I'm trying to go with that here? is what makes Southern Miss, FIU, Rice, North Texas, and Old Dominion attractive If, as far as their football is concerned. Not much right now. Not much. And so to say, look, we want to we put together these, um, these geographic conferences here. You don't have any ground to stand on because these other teams are in a, a better league, and they're like, no. If we pair up with some of these schools, that's going to bring us down. So I, I don't and but then again, there's some athletic directors and there's some presidents that want to do something like this. So keep that in mind. Not everyone is going to say yes. Not everyone's going to say no. And with that said, we're out of time here at the Union Pub and Grill. It's, it's been fun. Glad we could get back out and do this again. We're going to be in our climate controlled studio tomorrow. 
to do it all over again. And then on Friday, uh, we got Marshall football, the Thundering Herd, taking on North Texas. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least, because we're going to be um, all over the place. I'll be on 93.7 The Dong for the pregame, and then I'm going to be right back here on that Friday for the show. So it's going to be like extended coverage, our, our extended pregame. It's going to be two shows, uh, one topic, Marshall. And we'll throw some high school football in as well on Friday. But that's uh, looking ahead. Uh, we're out of time. Thanks to uh, everyone here at the Union Pub and Grill. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again with you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.